Welcome to this replay of the Top Broker Dealers Roundtable powered by 3X Equity. This webinar was taped on December 8, 2020 and featured senior leaders from Satera, LPL Financial, and Ameriprise. A video version is available at 3xequity.com events. Now let's join your moderator, the founder and CEO of 3X Equity, Jeff Crosby. So I don't know if this has ever been done before, but I got this idea on a bike ride one day thinking it would be great to bring together three of the top independent broker dealers um, in the industry in LPL, Cetera, and Ameriprise, and they all agreed to do it. And I was thrilled uh, by that opportunity. So I think you're in for some great information, um, uh, a great opportunity to ask some questions, tough questions in the chat box, and really an opportunity to hear from three of the best and smartest people in the industry representing their specific broker dealers. So for the sake of this, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, acknowledge you when I introduce you, but I'm going to introduce first Scott Posner from LPL. And uh, Scott is here to attest that there's something West from the East coast in San Diego. Is that right, Scott? Ah, that's a good point. Yep. Okay. That's <laughs> yes. where we're located. All right. Scott's with LPL in San Diego. And um, Scott has a lot of years in the experience. He's vice president of business development for LPL. He has uh, previous experience uh, at BNY Mellon. And uh, he's been in the industry a long time. And, uh, and more recently with LPL, approximately about the past two years. And Scott, you might be the closest to any one of us here. And in figuring out the vaccine is that apparently in your bio, you have a um, degree in organic chemistry. Is that true? That is, a, that is true. A bit of a distant part of my past. And, and I don't think I can help you sort out the vaccine, unfortunately. <laughs> Other than to say, I'm a big believer in science and I have a, I'm a big believer that there will be a lot of success with the vaccine. So. Okay. Outstanding. And then uh, also, also to mention an MBA in finance from Columbia University and graduating with honors. So Scott, thanks for uh, being here today. Thanks for including me, Jeff. I'm excited yep. for the, uh, to participate. Outstanding. And then we have John Pierce from Soteri. Can you give a little wave of the hand? Outstanding. Nice. Thanks, John, for being here. And uh, John has about 30 years of experience. He has a little unique background to others on this group um, here where he's been uh, had previous history at Steve Fall, Merrill Lynch, Ameriprise, and now Cetera. So wealth of knowledge, um, wealth of experience to, that you can lean on um, in, your, in your new role uh, with Cetera. And uh, John, you didn't want to mention this, but I got to ask you if this is true, because we kind of were a little bit taken back. Did you just recently get a doctorate in education? from the University of Pennsylvania. Is that true? It is true. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to be a lifelong learner and, uh, you know, I, I don't think I knew what I was getting into when I, when I did it, but, uh, my dissertation was, uh, on the impact of coaching and mentoring for, uh, tenure leaders in financial services. So it was a fascinating study and, and I'm glad I did it. Um, I hope I never have to read it again. Okay. Okay. All right. And you, uh, you look like what you're in your forties. So you got your doctorate in your forties, early forties. Is that something? <laughs> there? Thanks, Jeff. I'm 56. 
Okay, 56. Okay. And a little claim to fame too. John's done 12 Ironmans. And those of you that don't know what an Ironman is, it's a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, and then a marathon. So um, outstanding. Thanks for being here. Now, let's be, let's be clear here. I can't hold the candle to you. You've done 42? Fake news, fake news, fake news. We're not here to talk about me. Fake, fake news, fake news. And then we have Manish DeVay from Ameriprise. And Manish, you might be the only one here with a political science major degree background. And you're from the, from the city of Atlanta, state of Georgia, where there's a big recount going on. So do you have any predictions on the two Republican senators, what's going to, what's going to get flushed out there in the state of Georgia while you're working hard at Ameriprise? Well, Jeff, I'm glad you brought up the fact because I can't go about 10 minutes without getting a text or seeing a, a, a commercial or something reminding us of the, uh, the runoff we have going on. All I can say is I hope everybody votes. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see when Cool. And, and Manish, you are might you waiting, have, a, are you waiting for, for a prediction? Yeah. 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 If, if you, if you oh, know, good. and then you have a little, might, you might have a little bandwidth issue there. So if in case um, I can't hear you as well, I'm going to ask you to turn off your video. So we'll just kind of see how that flushes through um, just to make sure that you can be heard. So Manish has been with the merit prize since 2006 and has since seen some tremendous growth there that he's been um, the leader of um, within uh, one of the leaders there within their development. So what I want to do is I want to try to make this as real as I can. And for you, the audience, and really understand what is the value proposition of the diff of these top three broker dealers out there. And why would you consider them um, if you're leaving? But first, Mark, I'm going to ask you to, if you could help me uh, tee up some polling questions. I do just have two polling questions for you, and then we'll get rolling. Um, if it's going to appear here on the screen, one of the questions is, is that we would like to know where do you get your information from to learn in the industry, not about the market, but the industry in general. So just want to take a couple minutes or a few seconds for you to just, if you could click those boxes, where do you get your information from, um, and determine when advisors are on the move or learning about the industry. So I'll, I'll be quiet here for a second. Okay, great. Question two, and then we'll get rolling. Why don't you pose question two up there on the, on the screen, Mark? So where are you in your transition journey? Just to give us an idea so I can try to take the, the, the next 45 minutes in that direction. Are you just starting out, finding out what a different broker dealer has to offer? Or are you just doing research? So give us an idea where you're at in the process of you potentially looking at making a next step in your situation. So if you can just take a second and click one of those bubbles or two of those bubbles, that would be great. Perfect. Okay, let's roll. So Scott, if you don't mind me starting with you, Scott from LPL, could you, you know, explain what is the value proposition of LPL? Why would someone want to leave their firm and consider LPL? 
Uh, appreciate the question. Kind of love love always talking about LPL. So thanks for teeing this up for me. Look, it's it's interesting when I when I think back over the thirty years of our history, we we have gone through a tremendous amount of change, and we have evolved to what we used to. You know, our founding was as an independent broker dealer, and we still very much um, hold to that value of independence. But but today we consider ourselves first and foremost, a wealth management firm with this amazing wealth management platform, one that's supporting the evolving needs of financial advisors, which also includes brokerage capabilities. But it is a lot more today than just brokerage capabilities. We have the ability to support advisors across the entire wealth management spectrum from a traditional 1099 independent financial advisor all the way now to a W-2 independent employee. And, I, and I'll underscore that because we view our independent colleagues, our W-2 colleagues as independent employees, and then everything in between, including RIA only affiliations. And that is, you know, that's how we think about our ability to meet advisors wherever they are at and how they want to be supported. And when I think kind of more broadly about, you know, how, how is this relevant to just kind of the broader broker dealer and, and the value that a broker dealer brings, um, I think this evolution um, is allowing us to frankly attract advisors who are aligned to our vision. And so kind of here are a few things I would share with you. Um, one, we, we do one thing. We, we take care of our advisors so they can take care of their clients. That, that is our singular focus. We don't run an investment bank. We don't manufacture products. We do not have conflicts of interest. We are very focused on helping our advisors grow. We are very focused on supporting our advisors with the management of their practice to drive efficiency and productivity gains. And we are very focused on being, frankly, the easiest firm for an advisor to join and do business with. And that starts with our dedicated 80-person transition team. I mean, if you think about what is, what is one of the most scariest parts about making a move, it's that transition. And, and we have this well-worn process to make that as easy as possible. And we're able to achieve all of this through our size and scale and our safe self-clearing capabilities. I, it, when I reflect back on what we do every day, it truly is, Jeff, an honor and a privilege to support the over 17,000 advisors representing over 800 billion in AUM who have entrusted LPL to be their partner. And it's this scale that allows us to reinvest year over year in our technology our services and our capabilities uh, to the tune of, of an investment of 1 billion per year that we commit to. And then when I look out more broadly, um, the really interesting thing here is that we're in an industry where the pie is growing. And if you look at total assets and the advisor mediated advice channel today, it totals around 22 trillion. And that's projected to grow to 35 trillion by 2030. So, this, this evolution is certainly being supported by the growth in the industry. And just, I think the, the amount of opportunity that just sits in front of all three of our firms that are participating on this call today. Outstanding. And I'm going to follow up with a couple of things there, but that was great. Thank you, Scott. John, why don't you go next? Cetera, unique, unique platform. Go ahead. Explain to the audience. And, uh, thanks for having us. Uh, we were, all three of us really appreciate it. And, and I've enjoyed working with you over the years and look forward to continuing. So I really appreciate what you've been doing and, and uh, really how you've grown your practice. Um, you know, everything we do is, is really about 
growth and investment. Um, our, our sole focus is on the, the financial professional. And when you think about growth and investment, growth can be very personal to a financial professional uh, for their team, for their practice, for their clients. Um, and when we think about investment, I think, I think more of the Satera Financial Group umbrella where um, we invest a significant amount in technology capabilities, uh, legacy support, recruiting into your uh, practice to help you grow, um, things like compliance and supervision and helping you to maintain a, a great practice. So that investment from our, our private equity partner, Genstar, who's been an amazing partner, um, is, is the umbrella. But the real value is, is within our five different communities, Jeff. So if you think about being part of an OSJ or being a sole practitioner uh, or being a, a bank or credit union or being a tax professional or being part of a, you know, a, a, a branch network, you know, we have five different communities where you've got a thousand to 2000 people in each community. And so you, your voice is heard, you know, you're not a rep number. When you call up to solve a problem, you're not given a rep code. Um, it's a unique platform that, that really is differentiated by what is a specialty. And so, you know, when I think about what is the value, it, it's, it's the investment that we make across the platform, but more importantly, it's the investment we make in each of our five different communities where we really um, have a, a sole focus on that financial professional. So I appreciate the question. Yep. So maybe if you can, just for a second here, and then we get to Manish, you say five different platforms, kind of for the audience, they may not know what that is. Just can you touch on the five? Sure. So, so we've got five different um, communities that have evolved over the years. And, and, um, what's, and again, I, I, I echo Scott's view. Um, I, I believe the three of us over the next three years are, are going to expand dramatically and because the pie is getting bigger. You know, if, if you're been paying 40, 50% um, of your income for overhead and today you're truly independent, you're thinking, wow, I need to look at real independence. And, and our three firms provide that. And so Satara so has uh, an OSJ structure. So if you want to be part of a community, have local supervision, tuck in, um, we have multiple large entities, large OSJs. If you're a sole practitioner and you want to affiliate directly and you would like to have home office supervision, we can help you there as well. Um, we've got a really interesting uh, tax uh, professional program, Satara Financial Specialist, where CPAs and affiliated uh, uh, people will come into the wealth management arm and grow within um, Satara Financial Specialist. We also have a branch network. Um, which was a form of Forrester. So we have uh, 42 different individual branches where advisors can land in as employees. And, and then of course, we have our uh, institutions platform, which is for our, our banking clients and our credit unions. So a little bit of something for everyone. Okay, outstanding. Manish DeVay, raise your hand down there in the bottom corner. It's been uh, the, uh, the vanguard of helping lead Ameriprise the past few years and in, in its uh, growth with advisors. So Manish, why don't you share with you with the audience the, the value proposition of Ameriprise Financial Services? 
Absolutely, Jeff, and uh, just want to echo, thanks for uh, putting this on here today, and uh, it's great to be here with John and Scott to talk about uh, what we all love to talk about, which is our, you know, what we get to do every day and, and the people we get to serve. Uh, the Ameriprise story has been around for a long time, but it's, it's interesting, uh, Jeff, sometimes um, people aren't familiar with it. We've been around since the late 1800s, so 125-year history, um, while we've uh, uh, flown different flags over the firm um, in terms of the name of the firm, the mission really hasn't changed from the late 1800s, which was how do we help hardworking Americans who save for their retirement continue in their retirement um, eight days, you know, spending that money uh, the way they want and having a confident retirement. Um, and, you know, for many years, we, we flew under the American Express banner. And then in 2005, uh, Ameriprise was born. And um, we have three uh, channels uh, where advisors can affiliate with us. We have about 8,000 advisors who affiliate with us as a 1099, um, what we call the Ameriprise franchise channel. About 2,000 advisors who affiliate with us through a traditional W-2 channel in one of our 170 offices across the country. And then we just uh, have uh, recently uh, really forayed into the institutional space and helping some uh, banks and credit unions across the country. Um, all of those um, while we have different ways to affiliate, just like uh, some of my, uh, my colleagues here today, um, it's all with the same mantra, which is how do we help um, advisors grow? How do we help them serve their clients all within, with, within the realm of advice? And I think we would all probably agree that um, as much as you know, we've, our, our business has kind of ebbed and flows over the years, um, at the end of the day, what we're helping clients do is to navigate you know, all that's coming at them through um, volatility, geopolitical, everything else, and you know regulations, and you know how do we really deliver advice um, effectively? And and that's really what we we at Ameriprise are here to do. And so uh, if you look at you know whether it's advisor retention, client retention, satisfaction, all of the metrics which we can get into, um, you know the kind of the proof is in the pudding. But it's uh, I think it really comes down to um, how do we you know common theme that you'll hear today is just how do we help advisors continue to serve clients. Um, with all of the the opportunity as well as challenges that we face every day. So, Manish, thank you. So, would you say that it's more client centric for Ameriprise, where you're focused on helping the advisors help the client, or more focused on the advisor? I mean, just so the audience is kind of has is there is there a priority of the client first, advisor first? Talk about that for a second. Yeah, no, absolutely, Jeff. It's a great question. I think you always have to, you know, begin with the with, with a client in mind. Now, at the end of the day, advisors are delivering the, the advice value proposition to clients. It's how do you support the advisor the most effectively and surround them with the tools to be the most effective in serving the client in today's ever-changing environment. And so, you know, you know, you don't need to spend more than half an hour to look on CNBC to watch a commercial to tell you why a robo or someone else can be doing the job and, and displace the role of the advisor. And I think what we look at it is how do we make sure that knowing that advice is our business, how do we surround the advisor uh, with the best tools, the best expertise, the best um, environment to be able to deliver that? It's what we call actually our advisor client experience. Um, and so we spend a lot of money, a lot of time listening to our advisors tell us this is what they need to really compete and, and, and really deliver advice most effectively. Um, but it's all with the, you know, with the advisor and the client in mind. Okay. So here's the challenge for the audience. If I'm sitting out there, I've got Tom Brady. Um, I've got Russell Wilson and I have, um, 
Drew Brees, all great quarterbacks in the NFL. How do, how do, how does it, how do you differentiate? How does the advisor understand who's the Tom Brady, who's the Drew Brees and who's the Russell Wilson? Because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of goodness in each broker dealer. So Scott, what would, to start with you, what would, how would someone see LPL? Why would someone decide with LPL? Do you think over the other, the alternative? Here's And who do you want to be Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, or Drew Brees? Who do you want to be? I'll do what I, what we always do, which is what's most important is what does the client want? What do the advisors want? So we'll, we'll, I won't pick, I won't pick one of those stars that you listed out there because what I'm really focused on and, and our team's very focused on when we're, is what's important to that financial advisor. There are different fits that are going to be good for them. And so it's really important to us um, to understand what it is they're trying to achieve. And so what do I mean by that? Um, everyone is at a different point in their business cycle. Someone may be getting close to retirement and they're trying to figure out how do I monetize this in the most efficient way. Someone may be early in their career and they're trying to figure out how do they grow their practice in the most efficient way. Someone may be somewhere in the middle and want to do lots of M&A activities. And so I think it's the first thing that's, if you're a financial advisor and you're trying to sort out what is the best place for me to land, I think it's really important to understand what is important to you and what are you trying to achieve with your business? And then having a clear articulation around that, um, prioritizing what it is that you need to get first. Is it technology? Is it capital to do M&A activity? Is it support with your practice management and you need consulting support, right? On and you can kind of keep going through that list. I think the other thing that underscores all of this, and I think John was touching upon this a little bit as well, you need to make sure it's the right cultural fit. And the way to do that is to actually go and spend time and talk to and meet with um, the, the variety of firms that are out there. Because at the end of the day, whether it's, frankly, whether it's an employee looking for a new job or a financial advisor looking for a, a new home or a new platform, a new, a new affiliation model, at the end of the day, the culture is ultimately the most important thing. And so that comes from time. We, we like to think at LPL of ourselves as being a very advisor, you ask what comes first, the advisor or the investor. We are a very advisor focused firm. That is job one. We deliver through our advisors to make sure the investors are getting everything they want, but we sit behind the advisor, right? We're a little bit of the Intel inside. Um, we have, uh, you know, there are other competitors out there that want to come out with a big brand and be national. And, and that's the right fit for, for some advisors. For us is we want to be behind the scenes. We want you to own your business and we're going to help you run it and run it in the most efficient and effective way. And so I think for a financial advisor to understand how they want to operate their business is the most critical. And then come in with a kind of a, a bit of a mental scorecard of as you're going through the process, what, what are those things that are most important and who's able to deliver those. Um, I think the, the other thing I would share, and I think this is true, right before joining LPL, I was at IBM in their consulting practice. Um, and I had a front row seat to what's going on with technology, right? And the innovations that are happening with technology. And this is true for across all industries. Technology is changing every industry, certainly financial services, but in every industry at a pace faster than we've ever experienced. And it is absolutely critical that whoever you align yourself with, they do three things and they do three things really well. One, they have the resources and the scale to invest in technology because that's going to be the defining uh, line. 
Two, they're, they're investing in the right technology. And three, they're able to deliver. I made a living at IBM for all these big banks that couldn't deliver on their technology. That's, that was my bread and butter. Um, the reason why I, one of the primary reasons I joined LPL, um, in addition to the culture being the right fit and being very entrepreneurial, was also that they delivered on their technology in the most important way. Okay. Outstanding. John, I'm going to come back to you. You've had experience in the industry. Uh, you chose to go to Sotera. What's, why would, is, is, there, is there a unique value proposition why an advisor would go to Sotera um, in, in, you know, of the five different channels? Is there, so talk to that. Yeah, so um, great question. Thank you for the question. Um, you know, let me first address why I'm here. Um, I'm here because of data. Um, and, and I learned a lot working with Manish uh, at Ameriprise, my first taste of independence. And it, it, it's really clear. Um, every financial advisor right now, because of COVID, is independent. Um, and I, I didn't anticipate that joining here earlier in the year, uh, but if you look at the data, and if you look at the data um, over the last uh, three or four years, and you look at the data from um, eight till 10, it was very clear that the movement has been towards some form of independence. Um, and so I, I, I'm thrilled that, that I have the ability to, to work at a firm um, that's well capitalized and that has a, a lot of choice. Because one of the things that, that um, can be frustrating is you know, being told what to do, what to sell, how to do it, um, and, and really not having the ability to build your enterprise value. So when, when I think about people that are going independent and when I think about Sotera, um, you know, we, we all say growth, but how do you get that growth? And, and so we work really hard to help our individual um, entities and within our five communities grow their enterprise value, whether it's through practice acquisitions, whether it's leveraging our recruiting team to add people to that team. Um, because it, it, this should not be about the upfront check. This is about the enterprise value that you can build um, as your legacy and then having a, a final liquidity event or exit strategy. And, and I think when you, when you talk about unique and, and uniqueness and value proposition, it's really about the, the financial advisor and it starts and ends with listening to her, listening to what are her needs, what are her goals. Growth is different for each individual and, and delivering on that growth. You know, because we have five communities that are, that are small, the advisor has a voice at the table. And I think too often, especially with the wirehouses, they have no voice, they're muted. And, and when you have a voice, you can affect change and you can help to deliver um, better results, which in the end, help grow your enterprise value. Um, and as you do that, you know, you, you must deliver, as Manish said, uh, on client expectations. But COVID has changed our world, right? Client expectations are, are dramatically changed. And I concur with Scott, you know, technology, digital, social, they're all critical. And, and I've been thrilled to see GenStar making such an investment in those three key areas uh, at Cetera. Okay, great. And I'm gonna 
come back to, to that. But Manish, um, you've been in Ameriprise a long time and you've, ch you've chosen to stay there. Um, so there's a reason why you've stayed with Ameriprise. You've seen it go through its um, evolution. Tell me why someone, someone would want to seek out Ameriprise or go to Ameriprise as a broker dealer. Yeah, no, absolutely, Jeff. And all I'll try to do too is differentiate uh, Ameriprise vis-a-vis um, -vis the industry. And so I, I think very simply it comes down to this. If we compete on the ability for our for Ameriprise, our value proposition, the, the ecosystem that we've built to either help grow advisor practices faster than any other firm out there. Um, and that's that's really what it comes down to. And so you take a look at um, the 10,000 advisors, our average productivity is just shy of 700,000 per practice. Um, we, the average Ameriprise advisor over the last 10 years has been growing at 8% uh, productivity growth per year organically versus 2 to 3% in the, um, in the traditional space. And you kind of step back and say, why is that happening? And what we, what we believe in our hypothesis is that we have an ecosystem that we built that combines everything from technology, marketing systems, the operational aspects of running a practice, uh, to the supervision aspects of the, you know, all of it stitched together with leadership coaching um, and built in an environment where you could really optimize um, your productivity and you could bring people from the back office more, you know, from your, in your local staff into the front office um, and make them more productive. And so all of that kind of gets down to how do we help grow advisor practices? We do business planning. And it's it great to hear um, Scott and John talk about um, kind of the, it starts with everyone's kind of individual business planning goal. We do business planning with over 95% of our advisors. And, and that's kind of where it all starts. And so if someone comes to us and says, here's what my plan is, then it's a matter of, oh, it's, it's nice to have a plan, but if you don't actually have the resources or the expertise to execute it, it's just a piece of paper. And so how do we actually then surround our advisors with the resources and the support to actually execute on that? And so that's what we are constantly um, working on. And, you know, for me, Jeff, for someone who's been, you know, in this industry, in the space for 23 years, and this is the only business that I know, I just love the firm's commitment to continuously investing, um, innovating, and kind of thinking about how do we help um, advisors grow their business and, and, and kind of doing it in, in the ways that I talked about. Okay. Um, to the audience for a minute, you, there's a chat line to um, ask questions that we'll be able to pose for you um, during the course of this. Um, but Manish, coming back to you for a second. So rather, I'm going to pin you down if you don't mind. Okay. So we can say this, but to prove it. So how, how, do, how do you help the advisor grow? So you can say you help the advisor grow, but then what do you do? What does, what does Ameriprise do to help the advisor grow? Yeah, so let's just kind of go back, Jeff, to that business plan. And so um, let's just say a, an advisor um, says, you know what, I really, um, I haven't been acquiring clients at the clip that I want to. I want to do more in that realm. Um, help me, you know, really look at my marketing systems and, and, and whatnot. Uh, we've got over 50% of our advisors engaged in a coaching program in any given month. And so if an advisor engages in a coaching program about, around marketing, it could be taking a look at how do we drive more traffic to their website, looking at their social media profile, looking at the, are, are they, um, you know, we'll do over 12,000 events a year, obviously 2020 being a little different. Um, 
you know, that's just one realm of it. It could be on the practice acquisition um, kind of front and saying, hey, listen, I want to bring someone into my business uh, as a potential junior partner or as a, uh, a practice that I want to buy um, and putting together actually a sourcing plan or an active plan, uh, you know, tact, you know, tactically actually helping them go out and execute on that. Um, you know, kind of going down the realm of um, it could be advice that they want to bring into their practice and that they want to do more financial planning. And that's something that uh, they've got a passion around. Um, and it's in, in a lot of that could be our peer to peer programs, Jeff, it could be uh, kind of the, the turnkey systems that we've got um, already kind of through technology uh, that we enable. And so I, I think, though, what would really probably differentiate it the most is just the human beings that we actually have in the field or in the corporate office, um, really getting hands on with advisor practices, um, you know, and really connecting them to execute on their business plan, uh, wherever that may be. But it's, um, you know, it's it's all of all of that, you know, when I talk about that ecosystem, you know, I know uh, you and John are active competitors. I, I, I use the analogy a lot about Peloton. It's like, you kind of think about what Peloton did. It's how do you have a, a good machine with good music, with a, a world-class trainer and some really good metrics to optimize your, your output. And um, that's, you know, um, and that's something that we're trying to, you know, kind of create. And, and the proof is in the numbers, obviously, as I mentioned, the growth numbers um, kind of stand behind um, the fact that those elements come together and, and actually bring it, bring that growth to life. Great. John, I'm going to put it back to you. So I can't say it's fake news because it's proof that you've done 12 Ironmans. It's proof that you've got your PhD in education and leadership and whatnot. How, how does Satara help that person grow? What, what if you, you know, cause you'd said earlier as well, you want to help that advisor grow. That's, that's part of the value proposition. How, how be specific with me if you can, or as specific as possible. Okay, sure. Um, so, so growth is personal, right? Every advisor has different goals, different objectives for themselves, for their family, for their team, for their clients. And so um, if, if you take the perspective that, Growth is personal. Um, what we do is we think about growth within each of our five communities. And so whether it's our business consulting program to do business plans, as Manisha alluded to, or whether it's our practice acquisition program where we will not only fund acquisitions, but we'll help to source them. If it's uh, recruiting into your team, using um, our recruiting team to add advisors um, to your practice whether it's really helping you to, uh, to, to, to maximize um, social and digital. So, social and digital are real, they're not going away. And COVID has proven that our clients want to communicate differently. And so helping that advisor to be better connected with their clients through digital and through social. Um, you, you know, there's different levers in, in, in every one of our communities, but the Satera Financial Group themselves has these main levers. And so we'll help you to maximize your website. We'll help you to maximize your social. We'll help you to think about what can we, what can we um, rework within your business plan so that you're not growing at a, you know, so you think about, okay, I'm gonna double my business in the next three years. How do we actually conceptualize that and how do you execute on it? And so we do that through capital investment, uh, we do that through business consulting. We do that through the, the different growth programs that we have within the five communities. 
but there's also, and COVID has just really uh, blew this up, peer-to-peer -peer sharing and peer-to-peer -peer communities that are organic, where we're sharing what's working, what's not, best practices. Um, these are all these are all levers to growth. But it, it, Jeff, it really does go back to the one-on-one, face-to-face or Zoom. What really is your objective? What really do you want to do? Because growth is personal and growth actually is different for each person, right? Growth may be for some person, I don't want to work five days a week. I want to work three and I want to make a little more, you know, it just, it just depends. So it, it starts by listening. Uh, and then, it, then it's about developing the plan. And, and the nice thing about a well-capitalized firm, like all three of our firms is, is that we have the capital to help our advisors grow. And at the end of the day, it's really about how do we um, increase your enterprise value? Um, because you are independent and, and your, your enterprise is your most valuable asset for your family. Okay, great. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you, Scott, the question, the same question, um, but I want you also to think about this question for all of you. How do you treat an advisor that's out of protocol from another BD? So I, I want us to you know, discuss that for a second after the question. But Scott, LPL, um, they just uh, introduced a W2 channel that a lot of the audience might not be aware of out there. They've got an RIA channel, independent channel, and now they've introduced a W2 channel. Um, so if you want to touch on that, Scott, for a second, but too, how would, how could LP within those different channels, how does LPL help their advisor grow? If that's in fact what an advisor wants to do. Excellent. So look, we now have the ability to affiliate into our platform in any way that is the right fit for a financial advisor. So as you noted, we now rolled out a W-2 affiliation model. So for those that want to have a taste of independence, but aren't quite ready yet to do it all themselves, and it's still important for them to deal uh, with directly with a company and have that W-2, whether it's because of uh, the healthcare or whatever other reasons may be important to them, we're able to, to provide them support there. We're also able to support them if they want to come in and as a true RIA only, and we can provide them custody support. Um, we do that today for over 400 billion in AUM. So we're kind of a sleeper in that space. We haven't been promoting it until this year, but we're get, definitely getting uh, more known for it. Um, and we, we'll, we will be over time. I think the other thing, obviously truly our independence is still there. The other thing that we launched at the end of last year is what we call our strategic wealth services. So that allows an advisor, whether they're coming out of a wirehouse or a, an existing RIA or in the independent channel already, that they wanna either get to or stay in the independent channel, but they want more support. They want help with technology. They want help with real estate. They want help with payroll. They want help with the admin support. And so we wrap all of these belts and suspenders and scaffolding that allows them to easily transition into an independent environment without having to take on all of the risks and headaches of being 100% uh, 1099 and kind of on your own to do it. And we've had a lot of growth in that affiliation. And all of that really anchors around kind of what I would say are the three tenets of what we stack against of how we support financial advisors with their growth. So the first is, and you've heard some of this, right? Um, dedicated consultants. We have assigned dedicated consultants to our advisors to help them with their practice management and to make sure that they're getting all the tools and capabilities that they need to support their investors. 
Um, they may have some high net worth clients that they need some help with. They may have some specialty needs with trust accounts that they need some help with. Um, they may have some banking needs that they need some help with, right? So we wrap them with that layer of support. The second thing we do is we leverage our balance sheet. We have a very large fortress strong balance sheet that we deploy uh, to our advisors. And we couple that on um, both through capital loans, but also with a dedicated M&A team. So we have a team within LPL, all they do is M&A for our advisors. In fact, in the last two years alone, we helped transact over 300 M&A deals um, for our financial advisors. So we are active, um, we know the space well, we know how to help folks maximize the value, and we know how to reduce the time to a deal to a third of what it would cost and for them to do it on their own. And then the third piece that we stack is the whole area around business solutions that we launched um, a couple of years ago. So we now, and I think have mentioned earlier, we provide virtual admin support. We provide virtual chief marketing officer support. We supply virtual chief financial officer support. We supply virtual tech support. So what we're able to do now is through a variable cost model, help create capacity so that a team or a financial advisor or a firm can grow at the pace that they need before they have to start incurring lots of additional fixed costs. And so we allow them to step into that growth over time. And you know, a couple of things I would share, those advisors that utilize our CFO or chief financial officer solutions grew net new assets two times more than the average advisor and their valuation growth went up 40%. And then those utilizing our marketing solution team in the first six months, working with our digital marketing consultant, increased new clients by 18%. And then within 15 months, increased assets per client by 15%. So we're seeing real tangible growth happening in effects by leveraging the support that we're able to bring to bear at a very individual level. And the nice thing about this stack is you can pick and choose. It's completely a la carte. You choose as a financial advisor what you want to leverage. You can use all of it. You can use some of it, or you can use just one piece of it. Okay, outstanding. Little sideline note, um, at the end, you also, uh, for the, the audience out there, that each, um, each representative here, Scott, John, and Manish, they'll also be talking a little bit about the structure of their deals um, for candidates, so uh, stay tuned for that. Um, I also wanna let, let the audience know, I, I'm a Barron's advisor, and what all three people are saying is, you know, if we want growth, I mean, this is, these are great opportunities. If you want to grow your book, if that's what you're looking to doing, I mean, they're all talking about growth. I mean, you could feel the energy from them describing the value proposition of their broker dealer. So if you're probably not interested in growing, these broker dealers of the LPL, Cetera and Ameriprise may not be the place, but that's outstanding. I mean, we're such in a great profession where we can grow our book. We've got resources to help us do that. And, you know, to John's point, it's everyone's individualistic. It's, it's up to us. Um, touch a little bit on the advisor out of protocol. Who, who wants to, does anyone, you want to address that at all? How you, how you guys handle that at your firm? Sure. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, we've been big believers of the protocol for many years. And listen, I think that um, at the end of the day, um, you know, the protocol has served a really good industry purpose in terms of allowing advisors to um, have the flexibility and, you know, to, to move between firms if for one reason or the other, they're, they're feeling like 
uh, their firm isn't delivering for them. And so, um, you know, clearly you saw a few years ago um, when a couple of larger firms kind of pulled out, there was some uncertainty around what was going to happen with the protocol. Thankfully, I think we've seen that um, the protocol stayed, stayed um, in place um, and it continues to be a meaningful part of the industry. You know, I, I, at the end of the day, um, at Ameriprise, we will, um, on, you know, of our total uh, recruitment activity, I would say 70% of it is protocol, 30% uh, non-protocol. And it just, you know, we, we provide our advisors when you, you know, you put on an Ameriprise jersey, we, we provide them with full legal support. Um, and so whether that's in our W2 channel, our 1099 channel, we will, Ameriprise will pay uh, to have the legal support. And kind of going back to what we've talked about a lot today, we, you know, we go through a thorough a review of everyone's individual um, um, situation and make sure we get counsel to, um, to help navigate us through so that the, uh, the advisor can have a good transition depending on they're coming from a protocol or non-protocol firm. Um, our stats, Jeff, are um, pretty similar in terms of the asset um, and revenue ramp ups of people who are coming to our firm from either uh, one of those protocol or non-protocol firms. And so it may take a little bit longer uh, with non-protocol just because there's a little bit more communication that has to happen um, and steps in the process. But Ultimately, as long as the advisor has, you know, which, you know, they usually do has a great relationship with their client, um, they're going to bring that client with them. Um, we do also benchmark kind of our onboarding statistics uh, with McLoggin in the industry. And, you know, we're proud of the fact that, um, um, you know, we've actually got the best in class onboarding results uh, measured by McLoggin. And, um, and, and that's both in our W2 and our 1099 channel. And I think that's a testimonial to both. Uh, the onboarding teams that we have, but most importantly, to the relationships that advisors have with their clients and doing a good job of uh, uh, of navigating them, them through a transition. But that's just a little bit about kind of protocol, non-protocol, what we see out there. Okay. Scott or John, do you guys want to touch on that? Yeah, real, real quick. Um, if I'm in your shoes, um, number one, follow the rules. Okay. Just follow the rules. No shortcuts. Um, uh, all three of our firms do a terrific job onboarding advisors. Uh, I, I'm very proud of how quickly Cetera has onboarded the advisory assets of, of new advisors that are joining us. But I, I think just from a general safety tip perspective, always have your non-solicited, uh, non-compete reviewed by outside counsel. Um, follow the rules and no shortcuts. Whenever you take shortcuts, you'll end up um, creating longer term problems for you. If you follow the rules, all, all three of our firms have protocols in place for onboarding people that are part of protocol and people that are not part of protocol. All three of our firms are expert at doing this. Listen to us, listen to our advice and guidance. Um, don't take shortcuts and just follow the rules. Okay. Yeah, Scott. I think I would. I think John, you did a nice job of summing that up, right? I mean, that's all three of our firms live live and breathe this every day. Uh, we will continue to adjust as the marketplace adjusts and support whatever is required to, and you know, the financial advisors that are making that change should do the same. I think the most important thing is about that transition, right? Getting that support, and, and whether it's protocol or non-protocol, right? Getting that support in that transition. That's why we have an eighty-plus person dedicated team to do that day in and day out. That's their that is their their main job. And we're now seeing you know expected AUM in the first six months now achieve higher than 90, 95 percent 
of what was supposed to come in. And we're now hitting the 100% mark by month 10, 11, and 12. Um, so we really have figured out a way to support these advisors, however they're deciding to join us from wherever, wherever they're coming from. Okay. So I think five years is too long to have a plan. I think three years is about as long to really make it tangible and, and get rubber on the road. And where do I want to be, you know, three years from now. So whoever would like to address it, if, if you were an advisor out there and where's, where's the, where do we think the market's going over the next three years and what, how would you try to position yourself if you're in the growth mode where you're going to want to be in three years, what would you be focusing on today and over the next three years um, to get there? I'll take the first shot. Go ahead, John. So, so if I'm an advisor thinking about three years out, um, there are some key considerations. First is, is digital and social. Um, You really need to be um, tied in, to a, a very strong digital and social game plan with, with your marketing team. Um, the way we communicate with clients is, is altered forever. And so the, the, the tech stack you're working with has to be able to facilitate um, you know, transacting business easily. Um, and you need to make sure that you, you are up to speed and quite frankly, more than up to speed on digital and social website, SEO, um, you know, leveraging LinkedIn and, and Facebook and any other um, social properties that you're allowed to do that are, are properly supervised by your firm. So digital and social ease of business. You know, when you think about the future, um, we need to be able to, to execute business easier um, and quicker for our clients. Um, COVID has basically turned the world upside down and um, you need to think about you know, not only growth, but I can grow quicker if it's easier, easier to do business. Um, you know, Manish hit on this earlier when you're thinking about three years out, um, you know, what's the right community? What's the right cultural fit? It's gotta be, it's gotta be good for you and, and your family and your team and your clients. Um, all four of those verticals have to mesh up and that really does boil down to culture. And so as you're looking at other firms, you really do need to think about, about those four verticals. Um, you know, we're going to talk about deals later on, Jeff, but, but don't focus on the upfront dollars. If you're thinking two or three or four years out, focus on how you're going to build your enterprise value. That's critical. Um, the future is not what you're getting today. It's the value you're building through practice acquisitions and recruiting onto your team and, and not the upfront check. Don't, don't get, don't get um, lost in the, in the optics. And then, you know, I, I think finally, if you think a couple of years out, where's it fun to work? You, you want to be in an environment that's fun, right? We, we've had a brutal year. It's going to go on till we get the vaccine. Um, and I think it, it really has helped us to reposition our priorities and let, let's work at a place where we can grow, where it's a good cultural fit, um, and, and where we can do business easily and, and, and have some fun, right? I mean, 
who, who hasn't had a tough year? So that, that's kind of how I think about, you know, those, those, the next three years. Okay. Outstanding. And I'm going to ask you a question here, Scott. Um, one came in on the line. Um, uh, but does, so John talks about culture. Does LPL have a culture or is it more, that's the value proposition of LPL that it's more independent, that there's not a culture. And then the question to you is how many, how much support person does an FA get? per admin. So in terms of someone comes over on, I guess it's on the independent side. So Scott, how many advisors do, do you admin solution support was the question. So culture of LPL. And then if you can answer that question, and then I want to have you guys talk about what's the typical, what's a deal type structure of both your firms uh, for an advisor coming in. Look, so, and it, Scott, and let me just add a, another point. Yep. So I just want to add to what John brought in, because I think it's, it's very relevant. When you think about um, from a, an advisor perspective, I think there are three things that are really important. And it's no different than the conversation we're having amongst ourselves right now, which is, you know, how do you differentiate your value, right? That's going to be absolutely critical. How do you provide that at a reasonable cost? Because cost over time comes down across all businesses and products and services. And how do you deliver that? And John was getting into kind of the digital and the social and the, those aspects of it. How do you deliver that at the terms that your clients want it when they want it, right? So I think those are the, the three tenants that I would anchor my thinking around as a financial advisor. And then more broadly, I would look to, hey, what's happening with the changing demographics? We're, we're in a country that's changing pretty fundamentally, whether it's um, around women or the LGBTQ community or immigrants. Um, there are some very important and unique opportunities um, that will require a different way of providing services than we than perhaps in the past. And so I think a lot of these things are kind of coming together at this uh, confluence of, of a juncture here. And so maybe we're at a little bit of an inflection point. Maybe we're at the very early end, uh, early curve of it. We'll see. But I think those are some of the additional things that I would just add on to what John said. I think, look, when I think about LPL's culture, I think the nice thing about um, our size is that we have lots of different communities. Um, we have a women's community that's very strong and it happens both locally, regionally, and nationally. We have a community for African-American financial advisors. We have a community for Latinos and Hispanics that have formed together. And so what you're seeing, we have a community that's sometimes based on region, right? It's not necessarily a demographic community. It's not a gender or race community, but it's regionally oriented. And so what you see is you get to have a lot of local support and intimate support if that's important to you. If you don't want that, you have the ability to just do your own thing too, right? And I think so the beauty of what LPL is able to offer is this vast, horizon of different ways to operate your business, interact with your business and interact with your community. And so I think our, our, our culture as a firm is very entrepreneurial. So, you know, despite our size and scale, we still operate as a very nimble and agile organization. And I think the culture of our advisors is as unique as the 17,000 advisors that are out there. And they're all able to find a home and a community to participate in. So okay. That's a little bit how I think about that. Great. I'm going to stay with you. Could you, because I want to be sensitive to everyone's time. We're going to wind this up and I want to give some closing comments to the audience. Scott, can you talk about the deal structure of LPL? And then I'm going to go to John and then Manish. Look, I think as I mentioned earlier there, and you've, you, you noted it as well, Jeff, right? There are a variety of different ways to affiliate with LPL, right? Whether that's the traditional independent 
whether that's the supported independent through our strategic wealth services and where we're providing real estate and marketing and branding and technology and admin support, whether that's as an RIA only where we're providing full custody services or now as a W-2 employee and with a, with a heavy emphasis on independence. And so I'd say, look, each one of those has a different structure. Each one of those are um, set up to support whatever it is that the advisor is trying to achieve and they're all unique. And so there's not one size fits all here. There's not one deal offering that fits all. They're all are unique. And we, we actually handle those on a one-on-one basis with each of the advisors. Okay. Thank you. So that's not answering the question, but you answered the question. I'm teasing. That was a good Bill Clinton response. But He's a good sales, that's a good sales guy. No, no, I'm teasing. But there are a lot, lot, of, lot of options. It's a good thing. John, go ahead. I like that, Scott. Well, well done. Well done. Um, I, I also want to acknowledge something Scott said. Um, you know, $72 trillion in assets. It will be changing hands um, in, from, um, um, from men to women. Um, the, the largest number of new businesses being started are being started by um, uh, Hispanic Americans. Um, I, I was really proud of, of Cetera when we introduced our, our diversity and financial planning scholarship recognizing the need to, to increase participation of the African-American community in our industry. Um, and, and I think we all need to do a better job of that. So I, I, I wanna recognize um, Scott for his comments because I thought they were spot on in terms of the need of our industry to, to grow and evolve. Um, let me just be clear about our deal. Um, we put a stake in the ground. Um, we're not a firm that if you can fog a mirror, we'll give you a deal. Um, that, that's not how we work. Um, we're looking for higher quality advisors that have a higher propensity towards advisory. And so our deals are, you know, cash, um, asset realization, pricing. And, and, and the way we think about our deals um, is that there's different levers and every lever is different for people. And so someone may have a, a greater need for cash upfront versus asset realization versus pricing. And, and so um, uh, I, we do bespoke pricing for every advisor that comes in. Um, GenStar has provided uh, enormous capital for us. We're being very competitive in the marketplace for the people that we want. And, and, and you said something earlier that I think is, is, is really important, Jeff. Um, you know, we're not for everybody. You know, if, if you are not a growth oriented financial professional, we're probably not the right place. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're very competitive um, for advisors that have um, high advisory percentages and, and our deals are truly based on what are your needs? What of these four levers I just talked about, what's more important? And then we create a bespoke custom offer. Okay, customize. Great, thank you. Manish. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Um, we're fortunate as a, as a Fortune uh, 250 company with a $22 billion market cap with over $2 billion uh, on our balance sheet. Um, we manage our, 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 our balance sheet really well. And so uh, we were one of 11 companies in the S&P 500 to increase our dividend in 2020, which um, there weren't obviously many companies that were in a position to be able to do that uh, this year. What that enables us to do, Jeff, is um, if there's a good fit, and, and we, we've been talking about that all day today, whether it's um, values, cultural, um, if, if the alignment is there, 
Um, we try to take money off the table by being very competitive uh, from a money standpoint. And so, um, you know, when it comes down to it on our W-2 side of our business, um, you know, we'll offer well in excess of 300% um, on, on the W-2 side of the business um, so that we can really compete for the best talent out in the industry. Um, on the 1099 side of our business, um, we're looking at one to two times, up to two times, uh, trailing 12 in the form of some of the levers that um, John talked about, whether that's upfront, asset awards, different types of uh, um, kind of bogeys as we go there. And so ultimately, Jeff, what we're trying to do is if there's a good fit, um, we try to figure out how to be really competitive on the economic side, because at the end of the day, um, we're not looking to be the biggest system out there. Uh, I mentioned we've got almost $700,000 uh, per average uh, advisor productivity. We want to grow that. We don't want to be the biggest. We want to, we want to have the, the, the most uh, productive, um, managing nearly a, a trillion dollars in assets. Um, I think we can do that while, while not having to um, you know, necessarily bring on um, you know, thousands of people a year. And so that's what we're looking to do um, kind of from a transition and deal standpoint. Okay. Outstanding. I'm going to close it out here. For the audiences that are out there, three great broker dealers. I appreciate how you guys, Scott and John and Manish, work together and support one another and represent a, just a top quality broker dealer. It's a lot of makes me proud to be in the industry and um, and and that's certainly having you guys here. To the audience, how we can help you at Three X Equity is um, if you reach out to us, you can reach out to us anonymously. If you want to find out more about each one of the broker dealers here um, on on this uh, WebEx without actually reaching out to them specifically, you can reach out to us and we can introduce you to the appropriate broker dealer or all three um, to their regional recruiter in your area. So to consider all three would be outstanding for you if you're thinking about the move. Um, and if you left the firm you're with, you definitely would be going to something, um, not from something. So uh, with the with the quality and the value proposition of Subterra, Ameriprise, and LPL. So appreciate you coming out here. I hope it was helpful. Look for a follow-up from 3X Equity. This will also be hosted on our um, website at 3X Equity. And to my 3X Equity team that helped put this together and structured it, the first one ever, and there'll be another one in January. Thank you to all of you. So Manish, Scott, John, thanks for trusting the process. Thanks for trusting each other and let's go get them in uh, 2021. Thank you, everybody. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Have a great holiday, bye -bye. everyone. Right. Take care. Bye-bye.